Hello and welcome to the All Terrain Podcast, a podcast series from the Youth and Children's Ministry Unit of the Salvation Army in the UK and Republic of Ireland. I'm Matt White and in each episode I invite a guest to take a hypothetical hike as we find out about their real life journey to this point as they make four choices for the walk and answer four questions along the way. In this episode I'm joined by Major Marion Platt who along with his wife are the area commanders for the Salvation Army of Memphis and the Mid-South. Previously, he has served as a Corps Officer, Divisional Youth Secretary and Director of Personnel at the Evangeline Booth College. He also holds a Doctorate in Education from Trevecca Nazarene University in Leadership and Professional Practice. Marion, thank you so much for joining us here on the Ultra Podcast. Yeah, good to be with you, Matt. Thank you. Now, that is quite a list I just read. First of all, important question. Was it all right? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's correct. Good. Oh, good. That's a strong start. <laughs> that is obviously quite a list. I mean, look, you know, I, I, you and your wife are, are, are the area commanders in Memphis in the Mid-South. You've held lots of appointments before, but I know that that doesn't even scratch the surface of who you are. So uh, tell us a bit more about yourself outside of all those things. What goes on in your life? Yeah. Well, I think it's important to note that um, I am uh, a dad mm. since I was, I was a little boy. Um, I always dreamed of what it would be like to be um, a dad. Mm. Um, and so I have a, a daughter uh, who is an adult. She lives in my hometown of Charleston, South Carolina. She's mm. moved back home, got tired of following her Salvation Army parents around. <laughs> and, uh, and I have two boys, uh, 16 and 14 mm. years old. And my children um, are my life. Mm. I love them so much. Mm. And um, in addition to that, I think it's, you know, my, my life's calling is uh, to disciple people, mm. to shape, form, develop, cultivate, coach. Mm. Um, and, and so in addition to my natural children, I have uh, raised a lot of young women and men mm. um, in, in the faith as mm. well. And uh, they are. Uh, my pride and joy. Mm. Um, whenever, whenever I experience a low moment, mm. I remember the kind of investments that have been made, and um, I get the opportunity. The, the great grace of God in my life is to be able to see returns mm. on those investments, mm. and and so um, those are those are I think probably the most important thing mm. uh, for me. Um, in addition to that, I, I also. Um, served in the United States Army for six years mm. uh, before uh, coming into the Salvation Army as a Salvation mm. Army officer. Um, and so I, I would say with, with the addition of those, those two things, mm. um, you know, being, being a father mm. of natural-born children and mm. supernatural-born children mm. and, and also a, a veteran mm. um, would, would be important as long as uh, you make the assumption that the most important thing in my life is to be a follower of Jesus of Nazareth. Mm. Um, he is um, my foundation. Mm. Uh, he is he is my heart, and I absolutely adore um, him, the, mm. the, the, the Jesus that I find between the pages mm. of the Gospels. Mm. And, um, and so I, am, uh, I live day to day with uh, the grace that he gives mm. and with a, a joy and a satisfaction and a peace in my heart because of, because of him and the work that he's done mm. in my life. Mm. 
Now, before we get started with the questions, you've got to make your first two choices, if that's okay. So on this uh, hypothetical uh, hike, we were going to call it a metaphorical meander, but I don't know if meander translate to America, does it? Do you know the word oh, meander? It does. Oh, it good. does. It oh. Depends, yeah, it depends on where, you know, where we went to school, but that's okay. a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so on this, uh, on this hike or meander, uh, where are we walking first? Yeah, so I, I would say... Um, for me, it would be my favorite place on earth, Folly Beach, South Carolina. Okay. It's, uh, it's where I'm from. It's mm. uh, just outside my hometown of Charleston, South Carolina. Mm. And it is, it is my favorite place on earth. Mm. It's, it's beautiful. Um, if you can imagine, if you have in your mind um, the southern United States mm. and uh, those iconic huge oak trees with Spanish moss mm -hmm. hanging from them. Mm -hmm. um, if you bump that up right against the Atlantic Ocean, oh, wow. that's where we would go. Mm -hmm. Of course, um, being that Charleston, South Carolina, my, my hometown has deep historic connections to the Revolutionary mm -hmm. War and the Civil War. Mm -hmm. um, Folly Beach also has um, Civil War significance. I remember when I was a boy, Matt, um, I was maybe 10 or 11 years old, they found um, the, the remains of like a platoon of black Union soldiers who had fought in the Civil War for their freedom. And they found them at Folly Beach. And it was already my favorite place on earth yeah. because we would go there for picnics <laughs> and everything. Um, but for me, um, I had never known that black men fought for their freedom. In the Civil War, that's just not something we really mm -hmm. learned in our in our history classes, and so um, that was a kind of um, not not only was it just my favorite place to mm -hmm. hang out with my family because it was beautiful, um, but now it has a kind of a soul connection for mm -hmm. me because um, my favorite time period um, to study has to do with Reconstruction, the Civil War, antebellum South. If I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be teaching history somewhere at wow. some university. Yeah. Yeah. So the second choice is this. Who's coming with us? So you get to bring three people. Uh, one is living, one is dead, one is fictional. Who would you like to bring on okay. this walk? Yeah. So um, the living person is uh, kind of personal for me. I'd, I'd like to bring my only surviving grandparent. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. That's my, my grandfather, Marion Platt Sr. Oh, wow. Obviously, he's the one from whom I get my name, mm. and um, but it's a little bit deeper than that because Matt, um, I am a man of mixed heritage. My father is black, and my mother is white, and I was born when they were both very young, mm. and so um, my grandparents, both sets of my grandparents, were responsible for raising me. But it was my my white grandfather, and pardon me, because I'm, I'm mixed, I kind of live in nuance, I, mm. I refer to people in very, you know, just uh, binary terms mm. when it comes to race sometimes. Mm. And so uh, it was my, my white grandfather, Marion Platt, who took me in and raised me and gave mm. me his name. And for a white man, born in the 30s, in Charleston, South Carolina, yeah. uh, there was, that was a little bit scandalous. Yeah. Um, because even in the mid to late 70s, Charleston was uh, still quite segregated. And mm. so I, I love this man so much. Um, I wow. talk to him every day. And actually, when I go to Charleston, I put him in 
my vehicle and we drive to Folly Beach oh, and we talk wow. and he points out what was there when, uh, you know, when he was a boy and recalls his stories and he's um, well into his 80s now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's he's so precious and mm-hmm. important to me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so that's your living companion on this walk. Uh, you get one dead companion and one fictional companion. Yeah, okay, so my, my dead companion would be my other grandfather, mm. <laughs> Oscar Flood. Um, he died when I was maybe 10 years old, oh, wow. uh, but I, I remember him very clearly. He mm. was, um, in, in many ways, the opposite of my grandfather, Marion. They were both born in the 30s mm. in Charleston, South Carolina, but on either side of the segregation line. Mm. One, uh, Marion, uh, is the descendant of um, Confederate sailors. As a matter of fact, when we, when we go to our family graveyard, we see all of these names, different deviations of the name Marion and last name Platt with you know, Confederate flag markers on the grave. Um, that's my family graveyard. <laughs> I mean, again, it's a, it's an audio medium, so people can't see how wide my eyes have gone. But this story is incredible. <laughs> I like that is remarkable. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's my family. Wow, history and and legacy, and uh, of course, my uh, grand granddaddy Oscar is um, is obviously the descendant of enslaved Africans. Yeah. Um, and I believe and now I know he was in the military, but I believe that. Um, he also is the descendant of Union soldiers, Black Union soldiers, but I still have uh, yet to verify that. Wow. So, yeah. But they had fishing in common, you see. They're both Charleston boys, both lived on the coast, yeah. and, uh, and they happened to be fishing buddies. Like, I remember as a little boy um, seeing, seeing them leave to head out to go fishing. Wow. And uh, so... Yeah, so they had fishing in common, and they had me in common, and I would, uh, I would give anything to be able to sit between them, mm. and kind of listen to them do uh, tell stories and listen to the way that they remember um, moments in mm. history. Mm. You know, I I would ask one grandfather, well, tell me what it was like for you to hear that um, Dr. King was going to march in in Charleston, mm. Mm. you know, because their, their ideas of those things would be very different. Um, yes. And yet in that place and moment, they would still have fishing in common and you in common. That's correct. Which is quite a beautiful picture, really. Yeah, it is. I think of it often. Yeah. yeah. What a beautiful picture. <laughs> uh, and yeah. finally, uh, a fictional character as well to bring with us. Yeah, so this is where I'm going to feel I'm going to probably sound kind of boring because um, that was the, that was the hardest question. My family, we are all readers. Mm. We, we read a lot, um, and and my family accuses me of being the most boring reader because I love history. If if something didn't if something didn't really happen, why would I read it? <laughs> oh, that's pretty. And so I couldn't, I couldn't think of any fictional characters, but if I could, if I could pluck one out of history, I I would, I would love very much 
there with my grandfather's <laughs> to maybe have Dr. King there. Oh, and, wow. and, and say, you know, I would, I would really, um, love to sit at his feet. Mm. You know, um, my last appointment before moving to where I am now, um, I lived about a mile and a half from Morehouse college where Dr. King went to school mm. and maybe about five miles from where, uh, he was born and, mm. you know, by Ebenezer Baptist Church in downtown Atlanta. And now um, my office is two miles away from the Lorraine Motel where he was assassinated. And so, um, and I mean, he, his, his legacy Mm -hmm. is very strong Mm -hmm. in my heart, in my soul. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, and so I feel a a kindredship, a connection Mm -hmm. um, to his, uh, to his words and mm. to his calling. Mm. And uh, if I could be one one hundredth of uh, this man, um, I will I will have felt successful. Mm. That would be quite the walk, I imagine. Quite the yeah. walk. Yeah, it uh, would. Now, every guest here on the podcast answers the same four questions. So here's the first one. How do we face change? Yeah. So when it comes to facing change for for me uh, i have a friend who is a therapist we've known one another since we were kids Mm. and he says that it is key for us to cooperate with change while controlling what we can oh give us that again you're gonna have to tell us that one again yeah we can we can cooperate with competing circumstances Mm. but we can control what we can. So for instance, um, you know, I'm a Salvation Army officer. Mm. I don't often get to choose. I don't get much say in where I move Mm. and where I live, Mm. what my postal code is going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have the ability to identify what I can control. Yes. So for instance, uh, right now, we still have our boys in the house uh, who are 16 and 14. Um, wherever we go, uh, whether we move and live in a place or whether we are on vacation, mm. we have uh, devotions and mm. tea every night mm. at 9 p.m. Mm. We, we gather together to laugh about our day, mm. to ask important questions mm. to one another. Uh, to talk about our calendar, what's coming up, Mm. and to discuss um, the gospel. And I think that all of my kids, and and when I say my kids, I also mean uh, my supernatural kids, Mm -hmm. because many of them have stayed with us or Mm. lived with us, Mm. and they they always recall their favorite part Mm. of uh, staying with us was devotions at nine o'clock devotions and tea um and so no matter no matter what is going on in our life Mm. in our lives that is something that i can control it's Mm. an anchor point Mm. in in my day does that make sense well it does actually i've got i've got two questions off it one is when you say tea what's the what's the tea we're talking about here 
you would you would be comfortable at the I'd table. be happy okay good but the second yeah. the second more important question is this for parents listening right now with teenagers or youth workers listening right now who have done summer camps or who do those retreat weekends and you're going nine o'clock every night I sit down with our teenage boys and we drink tea we look at our calendars yeah. we talk about our day and we talk about the gospel that sounds almost utopian for some people and I'm guessing yeah. the reality of it often looks very different so how do you in the midst of yeah. all those other things teenagers yeah. big moves yeah. you're busy people who are who are active in the world how do you make that yeah. work yeah thank you so much for asking that question because uh at times it's dystopian <laughs> 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 you know if if uh if some if somebody's if somebody's in a bad mood yeah you know, and, uh, you know, teenagers by nature are surly. Mm -hmm. So, um, sometimes, you know, they might come downstairs and not be happy about mm -hmm. it. They were in the middle of a game or, you know, yeah. um, something like that. Um, and so if I gave the impression that it's always perfect, I apologize for that because it's not mm. always mm. perfect but it is always uh, present. It's yes. always a priority yes. for us, you know, and, and there, there have been times. And if, if my boys um, listen to this, uh, they, they may remember there was a time not very long ago where, you know, they approached us because my wife and I, we, we love for our boys to um, match wits with us mm. at times. Mm. We feel like it prepares them for a complex world. Mm hmm. Um, and they wanted to change devotion time to dinner. They just said, can't we okay. just do it at dinner? Okay, yeah. It's earlier in the day. We'd be able to have the whole evening. Mm. And, you know, and we tried that, and it was like the train came off the rails. Mm. Mm. And um, a couple months later, they, they said, can we, can we just get back to going to doing devotions? Wow. Cause it's, and, and so, because, again, they've, always known this yes. since they were kids yes. this is how we yes. have done devotion yeah. since they were little guys yeah um and there have been changes you know sometimes you know families have tense days mm. sometimes things are difficult right especially right um, now i mean we're recording this in you know july 2020 we are 19 weeks into a lockdown here in the uk also in the us we have right. spent a lot more time with our families than we normally have Tense days yeah. are more days these days, right? So, yeah. That's that's absolutely right. And, I mean, so it gives us opportunities to discuss those issues. Yes. yes. You know, what's going on in the world. Yes, um, of course. To discuss um, protests and yes. marches and riots yes. and, you know, what are we going to do? How do you feel about this? Yeah. My, my friend is asking me about black-on-black -black crime. Um, as its own phenomenon, how do I reply to that? You know, so teaching and training them. Yes. But then there's also times. There's also times when we're struggling as a family. Like we may have just had a big argument mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> at five to nine. <laughs> That's it. Right. But but we have we have learned that you know um, during devotions, yeah. it is very very rare for us to do anything but affirm one another mm. like even even corrections mm -hmm. my, my my children can be getting on my very last nerve mm -hmm. um but at devotions and i might be salty as they call it mm -hmm. they, yeah that's it 
I'm like, Dad, you're acting so salty. I'm like, it's okay. It's devotion time. And we're just going to talk about Jesus and pray. And then I'm going to go to my man cave. <laughs> you know, <so. laughs> Even when you were recalling that, your face was salty. I'm telling you. it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so for us, um, that consistency helps us um, to, to process. And you talked about present and priority. Those two words feel really, um, they feel quite prophetic in what you're saying to me because it's almost like by choosing to turn up and prioritizing being in that space, you are building yeah. solid foundations, not only as a family, but you talked about in teaching and training and the, and the lives you're helping your sons to build for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and how important then would you say for you that sense of being present and, and making moments like that a priority are when it comes to then facing the changes, whether it's in the world or in your appointment or something like that? How important are those words for you? Uh, they are vital. Hmm. That's how important they are uh, for, for me. I, I, have to, I have to be able, and not, not only in my personal life, not only in my spiritual life, but even even in my calling, mm. in my profession, mm. I need to be able to determine uh, my priority target. Mm. You know, I told you I served for nearly six years in the military, and I was an infantryman, a combat infantryman, an anti-tank unit. And uh, if there are if there are one hundred tanks coming at me, I need to determine the priority one. Mm. You know. Um, and so um, I've kind of taken that into my personal life, mm-hmm. my way of um, uh, com- uh, completing tasks mm-hmm. is to say, okay, what is, what is my priority here mm-hmm. uh, that I need to focus on? Mm-hmm. And so for me, when it, when it comes to navigating stress, change, mm-hmm. um, suffering mm-hmm. i need to be able to determine what are my priority targets what are the things that i have to i have to get done mm. not for the sake of getting them done mm. but also for the sake of a, a sensation of balance and peace and stability in my life yeah yeah wonderful uh, question yeah. two how do we move through suffering yeah i, I don't want to uh sound boring or repetitive but i think the answer is similar matt Mm. so uh for me i um moment of disclosure here i deal with uh, moments of lowness Mm. discouragement Mm. um and depression Mm. um and i have found first of all that it's important to make space for suffering um, and, and, and to acknowledge it, mm-hmm. you know, very, very often, especially, especially as, you know, Salvation Army officers, we don't, we don't want anybody to know that we're suffering. I mean, uh, songs in the songbook is, you know, joy, joy, joy. There is joy in the Salvation <laughs> Army or I'm in my heart. A song right. is singing. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. And, um, and so. Um, not only in the Salvation Army, but as as believers, we've mm-hmm. kind of internalized this. Mm-hmm. You know, we I have to be in rapturous joy mm-hmm. at every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that 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 cheapens the walk if we if we feel like 
we have to fake it. And so I have found it's so important to make space, to make space for it, mm. um, to, to acknowledge it. Mm. But at the same time, to exercise control in areas where I can. Mm. When I'm suffering, mm. um, when I'm grieving the loss of a friend or mm. the loss of a relationship or the loss of an idea, mm. um, I, like you have to make space for that mm. and, and, and say, I, I need to open my mouth and say, this hurts. Mm. Um, and at the same time, for me, um, I have a series of healthy routines. Mm. These things are like anchor points in mm. my day, mm. things that no matter what's going on, I always try to observe. So mm. obviously my time with Jesus, mm. 7 a.m. with coffee and jazz and Bible reading in the morning mm. and just mumbling prayers mm. to God mm. um, is important mm. for me. Also checking in mm. with people who I know um, need to hear from me mm. or would be delighted to hear from me. Mm. Um, and so that's another thing. So those are two things that mm. from day to day, they do not change. These mm. are things that I can control, mm. right? Um, I always run at least one mile every day, wow. um, uh, rain or shine just to keep my body fit. And mm. it's also good for my mind. Mm. You've heard already that uh, we have tea and devotions mm. uh, as as a family. Mm. That's another one of those things. Mm. And then for me, um, getting to bed on time is key. Yeah, uh, I I have to. I have found that um, if I do not sleep well, mm. if I if I don't observe my habit and my mm. pattern of getting mm. to bed by eleven p.m., mm. uh, I'll be a mess mm. for days. Mm. So. Um, and so there's a whole lot of other things that mm. I do, things mm. that I have to do, mm. um, you know, things at, at work mm. or things that pop up from moment to moment. Mm. But no matter what, these are the things that I just mm. have to observe mm. every day. If I don't, then I'm not equipped to navigate suffering. That's really interesting because yeah. essentially the, those things aren't about I feel something coming on or something externally is happening to me. So I do these things. Those things are the foundations on which uh, you are able to move through suffering. Yeah, that's so that's they, they, they happen in the good times and the bad. It's not that you go, oh, I'm in a season of suffering. I better make sure I've got my running shoes. It's I'm running every day. So when that moment comes, I am prepared. That's it. That's, it. that's exactly it. Yeah. And, and that has yeah. that has been key for me because, you know, there are there are some times when it seems like too much you know, I'm, I'm suffering mm. so my, my heart is broken mm. so I don't want to run mm. today mm. Mm. you know yeah. but um, I, I make a choice because mm. this is the thing I can control mm. Mm. I, I make a choice mm. to lace up mm. and set my watch mm. and go mm. You know, and and um, and and so even in times of uh, stress and, and grief, 
trying to keep those healthy habits mm. is um, important. Mm. We've talked a little uh, about race and racism, and I know it is a huge passion of your teaching and of your speaking and of the way you, particularly the way you post on, on social media and, and some of the other areas in which you're involved. The last two months uh, since uh, the killing of George Floyd, has that been a period of suffering for you or do you reflect on it differently? Uh, every day. Mm. So, um, yeah, every day. I mean, I told you I'm a runner. Mm. So for me, I live in West Tennessee. Okay. If, if I, um, drive one mile from my office, I'm in Arkansas mm. and, um, and I live in a community where people moved from the city of Memphis mm to get out of the city mm. to a more, uh, a more suburban utopia. Yeah. And I run through those neighborhoods. Mm. And since the killing of Ahmad Arbery, mm. um, I am so much more sensitive to who is behind me mm. and where I stop to take breaks. I mean, if I'm doing a mm. five or 10 miler, I, uh, I might need to stop somewhere, mm. you know, I'm not going to get graphic, but run into the woods for a moment mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. um, and I just wonder, you know, is this somebody's land? Or are they going to, wow. you know, come chase me down on their four wheeler or any of that? Um, so that's one thing. The other mm-hmm. thing is I have two teenage sons mm-hmm. who are rich, brown, beautiful boys, um, who are taller than me. Mm-hmm. And my 14 year old looks like he's 19. Mm-hmm. And we live in these neighborhoods mm. where they are very much a minority. Mm. And so, you know, sending my boys off to ride their bikes with their friends, I'm more anxious mm. about that. And I always have been, but in, you know, in this uh, milieu where you see this kind of violence mm. um, portrayed, but not only, not only outright overt acts of violence but also like my neighborhood has a a facebook page Mm. right several thousand people and people are free to make whatever kind of comment they want to on there so if they see a person they've never seen in the neighborhood before it's quite possible that a picture of them will show up say who is this Mm. and it's uh, it can get pretty racist. <laughs> wow. And so um, living living like that mm. can be very difficult. Mm. But I think, and I, I'm just going to be vulnerable here mm. for a minute. I think the thing that absolutely bewilders me mm. and hurts me to my core from day to day is seeing people that I have everything in common with Mm. wear the same uniforms, sign the same covenants. I thought had the same understanding of the mission of the army Mm. and uh, the great commission Mm. and uh, God's sense of justice, Mm. um, posting absolutely hurtful things Mm -hmm. on social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, people whom I have trusted my entire Mm. life Mm. or people who have, you know, held my sons as babies, and, and so I have, I have to be careful mm. that I don't invest too much in that, yeah. that it doesn't become the priority target because it's, um, 
it has a way of making my soul weary and heavy. And yes. given what I've already told you yes. that I deal with moments of lowness, yeah. I have to take good care of my soul yeah. um, as well. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I, and the reason I ask that is, is not about being timely. It's not about asking a question in this, in a, in a, sure. in a quote unquote moment. It's about, I think for me, understanding how for some of us we experience this particular moment in history and we are horrified but we do not necessarily feel the deep suffering yeah. that comes with that and and i think sometimes it's really important for us to hear that articulated yeah. because i think sometimes it's way too easy to kind of sit outside and go well that's terrible yeah. without realizing that for yourself for your wife for your boys the day-to-day -day reality of that is very different to to what it is for for me on this part of the world or with with white skin those things that i think is really important for people to to try and understand yeah yeah it is i, I think it's only been a couple years where i have felt um, since i have felt comfortable um lamenting mm. making making space mm. for this suffering mm. and someone might say i mean i have i have people in my network right now mm. who will say what are you talking about suffering but the weight of living with that is immense it's painful i mean i guess it was maybe eight nine years ago when trayvon martin was killed mm in Sanford, Florida. I looked at his picture and I thought, my God, he looks just like my Zion. Mm. And I wonder sometimes those, you know, those same people who would say, ah, oh, Marion, what are you talking about? Mm. You've got a golden spoon in your mouth. Mm. I wonder, do you ever look at a picture of Trayvon Martin and think, wow, that looks just like Marion's son. And how did, so how do you think, how do you think Marion deals with that when I look at Trayvon Martin? Yes. And I have, you know, he's a, he's a big, surly teenager mm -hmm. and he's shy and he wears hoods mm -hmm. over his face mm -hmm. because he doesn't like everybody talking to him. Mm -hmm. But he also takes MMA, yeah. uh, jujitsu. Yeah. yeah. And if somebody comes for him, they're going to feel it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And. And you know what I mean? So I think about that yeah. every day, yeah. every day. And, you know, if I can't get him on his cell phone while he's out with his friends, both his mom and, and me, we are like, where, where are they? Where, where is he right now? And our, our imagination goes to dark places. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, um, which, which, is, which is in itself a suffering. It is. That's exactly what it is. Because if you think about, if you think about like the nature of trauma, mm -hmm. right? and uh, ruminating mm. on something mm. over and over and over again. It builds mm. a pathway in your brain, yep. and that pathway is associated with pain, yep. right? And so if my, my friends who are not people of color mm. could just understand that, like I don't need you to, you know, you don't, you don't have to fight me about mm -hmm. reparations and whether or not you can tell the difference between Black Lives Matter being an organization or a lament statement, like let's not even get into that. Just all I like all I want you to do is is just think. What must it be like to be a parent 
of black boys just stop there. Yes. That, that's, and that's, that's it. And so when, when I'm, when I and other parents, because mm-hmm. to be, to be honest, um, now I have so many friends and colleagues mm. who are white people mm. who have black children mm. that they've adopted mm. and now they're anxious too. And mm-hmm. so they understand it. Mm-hmm. But, um, if I could, if I could just get people to, to think yeah. about that. And, and if, when someone makes a lament statement, mm. rather than getting angry at them for their suffering, just listening, saying, I, could, I couldn't even imagine. Marianne, I couldn't even imagine. Make space. Make right space at the start. You started right at the start of this answer. How do you move through suffering? You, you start by making space for it. And yet so often when faced with others suffering, we don't give or make the space. Yeah, that's it. I, w- I would say, you know, one of the most healthy things that the church can do mm. for um, and with people of color is mm. to sit with them in their lament. You know, this, this is no time to be defensive. This, this is a time of suffering. Yes. Because when, when I see um, a man with a knee on his neck mm. uh, losing his life, I see my father, mm. I see myself, I see mm. my sons, mm. I see my friends. Mm. Like I, I just don't see George Floyd. I mm. will never know George Floyd. I mm. never knew him. Mm. But I know people who look just like him. Mm. You know, and, um, and so um, I, think, I think that there's a time to make space for the suffering of others as well, you know? And then when you examine those things against like the historic complicity of the church with racism, well, that would make you think, well, I can't even lament within the church because Mm -hmm. somebody is going to correct my theology and say, Oh wow. Well that, that sounds like critical race theory, what you're talking about. No, it's a lament. It's not critical race theory. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about pain in my soul. Yes. Yes. So you're going to correct. You're going to correct the language of my lament. Who are you? <laughs> which, which, you know, let's let's, you know, as for some people listening to this, they might not, they might not know a lot about critical race theory. And let's call that what it's. That is writing Black Lives Matter and someone writing underneath All Lives Matter exactly what it is we're That's talking exactly about yeah. heaping suffering on suffering because you can't even make the space to hear the heart cry that's correct yeah you cannot even make the space to hear the lament to hear the suffering to you can't even make the space to allow the suffering to be articulated that's right well because it it makes them uncomfortable yes to have to hear it they don't want to um, associate with my suffering at the moment, you know, and that's, and that's what I feel because, because I do have, I do have people who will enter into that with Mm. me. Mm. I I do have, Mm. I do have them Mm. who will sit and listen Mm. and they will think about how much they love my sons Mm. and say, man, man, that's terrible. Mm. And I can, I can sense their love for me Mm. by their willingness to make space to sit with me mm. in my suffering. But, but for those, 
who kind of shut the door on it or they just want to correct the language that mm -hmm. I used mm -hmm. to express it. And that is exhausting. Yes. I know that hearing that is so important for people because I think for some people when they are doing those things or when they're making those often quite petty corrections or you know suggestions or whatever they think it is I don't know that people always realize that they are adding suffering to the suffering uh, and no. and so for you to share it really means a lot because I, I, and I, I don't take it for granted because I think people need to know that when you go on to a, a Facebook post, when you go on to that place, when you write all lives matter on, on your social media because you think it makes you clever and, and whatever, whatever, uh, you ha I think there needs to be an understanding that that is adding trauma to trauma and suffering to suffering. That's exactly what's happening. Yep. And, it, and it prolongs the grief. Yes. Right. If I, I, can't, I can't process the grief because I had moved on to sadness, yeah. but you pushed me right back to anger. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Like I, I was, I was getting there. Yes. I was, I was starting to process this. I was wow. emotionally healthy, but then you took it upon yourself to send me a video of Candace Owens or body, uh, body Bulkum or, you know, uh, Monique Dusan yeah. to correct me. Mm. Oh. I was I was moving. Now you've just made me angry because now I have to defend yes. my yeah. pain. Yes, yes. But like, who who expresses lament and pain and hurt perfectly? No one. And so, if if you want to seed pick my mm. words, mm. because they weren't consistent with your worldview. Uh, yeah, it prolongs grief. And who would want to do that? Right. In, in what world, in what church, mm -hmm. in what faith system mm -hmm. is that healthy? <laughs> and, and, and if we think about it, it's interesting because the question is, how do we move through suffering? And often we talk about this personally and, you, and we've done that at the start and you talked about making space. And now we've actually moved to how do we, how do you and I, how do brothers and sisters who claim Christ move through suffering together? And the answer is the same. We make space. That's exactly it. That's how we move through this suffering is that we make space and we allow the space and we don't jump in with our whatevers. We don't jump in with our whataboutery. We don't jump in with our yep. straw man arguments. We go, actually, let me hear more. Let, let me sit in this moment with you so that as you move from anger through to, as you move through that, we move through it together. Right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That conversation, I think and hope, people can hear and, yeah. and hear your heart in it and, and hear that there is a moment for us to do that together, allowing people in, in all those things. And I think that that's really powerful. Amen. So two more choices, two more questions. Uh, a choice yeah. now, what's going on the playlist? Just in case, you know, people were doing their own thing or there was fishing going on and I'm not particularly useful at fishing. So, you know, if there was, if there was going to be some tunes, what would be on that playlist? Okay, so I am uh, definitely a Motown fan. Right. Uh, but I'm not, not limited to that, but um, there would definitely be some Marvin Gaye, some Temptations. Yes. yes. Um, moving forward into the 80s, maybe some Commodores and Earth, Wind, Ooh, and Fire. Great. But 
but at the same time, um, I think one of the first albums I ever memorized as a kid was Phil Collins, Face Value. Wow. So I, I love Phil Collins, Elton John, yeah. Steve Winwood, some Blue Eyed yes. Soul there. Um, but right now, so uh, music, there's always music around me. Mm. Uh, both of my boys are musicians. Right now, I think uh, the, the album that I'm really enjoying listening to, there's two of them. John Legend's new album, I think, is beautiful. And then there's a guy named Mark Broussard, okay. who is kind of a crooner. Um, he's got a beautiful voice. So, mm. yeah. yeah. I drive out. people crazy because my, my, my music tastes are so varied. <laughs> That's great. I can go from country music to hip hop. Oh, I love it. A moment. Yeah. I love it. It's great. <laughs> the question number three is this one. How do we receive joy? Well, there's a, there's a real theme uh, to this conversation mm. and it's going to sound so trite, but I would say you make space for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. You say, you know what? And so if, if something, if something really great happens in my family, um, we celebrate it. Yeah. You know, we, like we, we plan and say, Hey, uh, Joshua got his first job today for dinner tonight. Mm. Let's have pizza, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And, um, and that's how, that's how you celebrate. Like you receive joy and you celebrate it. And the other thing that I would think, um, is with an open mouth, like mm. talking about mm. the source of your joy, letting other people know. So the opposite of lament, yes. you know, I'm going to, if, if I'm in pain, mm. I make space for that pain mm. and I open my mouth and I give voice to this pain, mm. right? It's just, it's healthy. Mm. It's emotionally intelligent mm. to be able to identify and express what emotion you're mm. feeling. Mm. And if I have joy and I hold it all in, then I'm not going to know what to do with joy. My body's not going to know how to process that joy. But if, if I have joy and I give vent to it, mm. say, guess, guess what happened today? Um, I, I need to be able mm. to make space for it. And I, I need to be able to give voice to it. Yeah. Open your mouth. Tell someone. That's, that's one of the most healthy things, I think, about the Salvation Army at its best mm. is our testimonies. Oh, you know, we yeah. have little, our, our witness. Yeah. Um, I even remember, you know, growing up, we had something called Bragabuck where, Ooh. you know, you could make, you could, you could give a dollar just so you could brag on something and oh, not that's feel bad great. about it. Yeah. And what that is, it's, it's a, it's an emotionally healthy practice yes. to say yes. what is happening yes. that is good yes. in your life. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, the yes. answer is all the same, Matt, make space for it and give vent to it. I love that because I think so often the, the idea of suffering and joy and our response to them, be, we, we often imagine them to be polar opposites. So people will go, the way I respond to suffering is like this, and the way I respond to joy is like this. But actually, what you're saying, and I, I love, is this idea that make space, get it out there. So for, for me, I want, I want to be in touch with my soul mm. and, what, and what she is feeling, mm. right? So, um, so for me, if I have any 
certain emotion. Mm. I want to be able to recognize and put a name to that, mm. to say, I am feeling joy right now. Yes. Right? Yes. To put a word to it. Yes. And then I need to make a decision. Mm. Do I want to regulate this emotion that I'm feeling? Or do I want to remain mm -hmm. in this emotion? Mm -hmm. And and sometimes we move too quickly into regulating it. I'm feeling sad. I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to feel sad. So I need to I need to regulate into some other emotion because sadness is, is mm -hmm. not good for a mm -hmm. Christian. And that ends up doing more damage to our soul. Yes. And and scripture gives us such strong recommendations on on how to interact with our emotions and and so for me um my 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 sons all of them and daughters all of them i will ask them tell me what you're feeling right now what are you feeling put just put a word on it and they will tell me what they're feeling okay so what do you want to do is it healthier for you to regulate or do you need to remain in it? You have a choice. You know, and so this whole idea of making space mm. for what we're feeling, no matter what emotion that is, mm. I think is so vital. And that's what I think that's what we need. And as much as it is within our power to make space for what we feel mm. is important. Mm. But if we're going to love our neighbors, as we love ourselves, we'll do the same for them. I understand that you're feeling joy today. I want to rejoice with you. Yes. I understand that you're weeping today. Tell me why so I can weep with you. Yes. Right? It's so, this is, this is all scriptural yes. principle. Ah, oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, one more choice, one more question. Uh, so the final yeah. choice you've got to make, and it's a good one. And, you know, I, I never judge lest I be judged, but I do judge on snacks. So when you tell me these snacks, I am, I, just so you know. Oh. So what are these snacks, Marion? What are we taking? Yeah, you're, you're going to judge me, man. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, so my, my favorite snacks are uh, peanuts. I love Great. peanuts. Bo boiled peanuts. Ooh. Yeah, you don't you don't have that in the no. UK, but when you when you come to the American South, I will uh, introduce you. All right, I'm in. That. I'm um, taking that as an invite. Yeah, by the way, I'm just going to turn up on your door. I'm going to knock on your door one day. I'm like, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here for nine <laughs> o'clock devotions. Do I'm it. in. <laughs> yep. So boiled That's peanuts. Right. Um, yeah, boiled, roasted, buttered mm. peanut butter. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. any any kind of any kind of uh, peanut, and probably ice cold like just next to freezing coca-cola in a bottle Ooh. that's yeah my my comfort food Ooh, nice. is that and uh yeah so i have a room in my house that's called uh the the, the man cave mm. and it's no no women children or animals in there <laughs> it's just just dead um and uh and that's where i have my favorite snack wow. so um I, I think probably both my grandfathers would appreciate yeah. that so that's a good snack. Well. I'm, I'm happy with that snack bag because obviously you know I'm, I'm gonna be tucking into it too either when either when i ask or when you're not looking i'll be in there gotcha. boil peanuts and some cone i'm happy with that it's all good um, one final question marion how do we mature in service yeah. that's a great question i think i think that we mature in uh in community and, and I can be very specific mm. about the designations of 
that community. I, I call it a, a caravan. Like who are who are you traveling mm. with? And um, I believe that every person should have a, a Paul mm-hmm. in their life. Like there should you should have some pastoral, some leadership mm-hmm. figure um, to whom you can express you know, what you're mm. feeling, what you're mm-hmm. learning. This is a teaching person in mm. your life. Is a person that you look at and you say, I model my life after that mm. person. Uh, so every, every person should have a Paul. I think that uh, within community, everyone should have a Barnabas, mm. like somebody who's just their soulmate, mm. right? Like there's, uh, this is, this is my brother. This is my sister. Mm. We're kind of uh, experiencing the same part of our life, the same period of mm. our life. Um, someone that you have a close affinity Mm. to and with. And then also, I think we should all have a Timothy. There should be people that we are investing in people who look to us as their Paul. Mm. Um, And, and I think this is how uh, we mature Mm. um, by having um, a rich, diverse Mm. uh, community around us and with us Um, people. And when I say diverse, I mean, not just, you know, ethnicity and culture, but I mean, even diversity of opinions, people who can challenge you and say, "Uh, Mm. I saw what you, I I saw what you preached on yesterday. And I think uh, we might need to talk about Mm -hmm. that. You know, um, I have quite a lot of those people in my life. (laughs) Me too. I know it's a good email to get, but you also see the name and go, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is going to be good. Yep. Yep. I've, I've gotten I've gotten a couple of those from, you know, my heroes, people who have written books yeah. who said, come, 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 let me mm. chat with you now that you, you know, just left the pulpit yeah. 30 yeah. seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is going to be good. But, you know, because those messages were delivered with such grace yes. and love for Huge me. important. Is they, oh, they're they're in my yes. head, and I've grown yes. because yes. of it. My theology has matured yes. because people I trust chose to talk with yes. me rather than about yes. me. Because they had, they had, they had the ability to go back to the water cooler and say, "Did you hear mm-hmm. what he said? Mm-hmm. How do they keep giving this guy mm-hmm. a microphone?" Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 something you said there was really interesting because you talked about the the grace and the and the love in that, and also I think that's important because actually uh, I don't know about uh, for you but certainly for me part of my maturing has been recognizing that not everyone has that right, not everybody gets to do that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And 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 learning how to manage those margins. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think of my life as kind of a pasture. And there's a there's a gate, but there's some very there's some fences, and um, I don't let everyone's opinion into my pasture. And actually, I'd written that down because, uh, and I've t- I've talked about it a few times. I I do follow you on on Twitter, and, and we're friends on Facebook, and and you you do use that to 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 really speak into issues, into theology, into church, into leadership, into family. You 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 don't. You don't mess around on there. You 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 talk about things that really matter, really important things, and I, f- I find it really inspiring. Uh, but I I noticed that there have been moments recently and in the past where people will come at you with some force. Not everyone comes with love and grace and peace and generosity. <laughs> um, 
And and what I what I've seen you do, and this is as me observing, what I've seen you do is, it's not about just ignoring people. It's not about just getting rid of right. people, but you are able often to, uh, in a way, reject what's being said, without rejecting the person. Yeah, that's now, right. Yeah. I think there's a lot of us listening to this and one of us talking on this that would really like to be better yeah. at that. So how do we do that? Yeah, I think, man, it's, <laughs> I think the bottom line here is love. And, and I know that sounds cheap and canned, but here's, here's how it plays out in my life. Um, I told you about my grandfather, mm. uh, the one who raised mm. me, the one that I'm named mm. after. I love mm. him deeply. He is, um, as we say in the South, my eyeballs, right? Like I, I love him so much. And uh, some of the ideas he grew up with and even taught mm. and even shared uh, as, a, as a man born and raised in the mm. South are flawed. Mm. But I love him so much. And so I would, I would never want to hurt mm. him because he has a flawed idea. Mm. And so I think about the, the people that I love most on earth. Mm. Here's what happens when someone comes at me with force and vitriol on social media. I think, well, if this were my grandfather, how would I speak to him? Well, the Bible says not to speak to an older man harshly, and I wouldn't do that anyway. But how would I make my point if it was Marion Sr. and Marion III sitting, having coffee, as we often do, making commentary about social issues? Um, I would reply with uh, facts because I read a lot. I would reply with humor because I'm just like him. And I would make sure that my grandfather knows that I love him and out of, you know, and so when, um, when uh, people uh, forcefully come against my ideas and not all my ideas are perfect. Uh, I, like I, I welcome that. I don't, I don't uh, let it into my space and I don't let it trigger me. And I think it's important for me, like sometimes, sometimes uh, the, the comments that folks make um, are you know, very angry. But then I think about, man, I, I said some pretty harsh stuff. Like this is, this is a difficult message to digest. And if I think that I could just throw out some, some kind of difficult word and everybody's going to stand up and say, yes. Marion, wonderful. Then that's immature of me, right? And so for me, on the front side, I think of all those arguments. What are people going to say about this? What are their arguments going to be? Um, and um, then I'm prepared, armed to the teeth, with with love and grace, because I do love the person. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever had someone come against me that I just couldn't say. I just really don't love that person, wow. you know. And I and I think that that is, you know, being possessed by the Holy yeah. Ghost. 
um, he, he gives us a love yeah. that uh, is transcendent. Yeah. It, it transcends the difference of opinion. Yeah. It transcends the different in culture yeah. and the different, the difference in worldview and narrative. Yeah. Um, and that's how I can, you know, the, the Bible says that the fruit of the spirit is love. And so I can tell if someone is filled mm. with the Holy mm. Ghost by the way that they treat people mm. who annoy mm. them. Mm. Right. And so if, um, if someone treats me in a way that I think, wow, that doesn't really feel loving. Mm. That is actually kind of hurtful. Mm. Well, maybe they haven't had someone show them how to love. So let me, let me be their example. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, lo I love the, I love the idea of being armed to the teeth with love and grace. Like I love that. I love how that yeah. those, yeah. I love how those two things like just beautifully come together in that sentence. It's, it's very much a salvation. Oh, I love it, right? uh, yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. It's like, yeah. It's like, you know, we're firing a volley or, you know, we're, it's all of that. It's all of those things, but it is, it is wonderful because actually yeah. I think when we realize that, actually our our weapons are love they are grace they are the fruit of the spirit those are. Are, those are our weapons yeah. then actually yeah then yeah then, then what stands a chance what stronghold stands against love yeah. and grace and peace and joy and faithfulness and self-control what it. stronghold stands against that that that's it and and you know what F flesh and blood is not our enemy you know we don't we don't wage war against flesh mm. and blood you know this and so I often think that, you know, if, if someone, if someone comes for in a very rude and mm. aggressive way uh, for another human being, I just think, wow, you're, that's what we call friendly fire. Mm. You know, um, you're, you're shooting, you're shooting a comrade mm. and a colleague. Um, you, just, you don't have to agree with them to be on the same mm. side. Right. And, um, and so if we look yes. at it as a spiritual exercise, yes. um, the, a spiritual exercise of um, interaction with one another. And I just think there's something really interesting in this moment to bring us back to this particular moment in time, because I think the difference, and I read a really great piece on this recently, the difference between peace and tranquility is a marker of our maturity. Mm. Because I think we have people yeah. who are right now calling for peace when what they actually want is tranquility. And I think they're calling for unity sure. when what they actually want is uniformity. And I think Oof. maturing for me, there is something about in this season, recognizing that real peace, deep peace is not about calm waters. It's about something more sure. than that. And real unity is not about not disagreeing. It's about being armed to the teeth with love and grace when we disagree. That's right. Yeah, that's it. It's beautiful. And the question is, who who gets to define what peace is? Yes. Yeah, I think about that all yes. the time. I, I see, you know, people using that. Um, and so for me, defining the term is always very important. Really important. So if someone says, hey, hey, Marianne, we have, you know, this family camp. We'd love for you to be the special guest. And we're talking about unity. And I'll say, okay, so before I get into it, I need you to tell me what you mean by unity. Yes. Because... I might not be your best choice for a preacher. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because that's it. Because we we are talk we are often that is often a different language. What 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 we're it's talking true. about is surface, 
and what maturity is talking about is the deep work. That's right. Yeah. And people and, and I think that's maturing and, and maybe that's what I've maybe that's what I've seen in, in, in those interactions you have. And I'm I am really inspired by I've told you this privately and I'm saying it now publicly, but I am really inspired by it because I think you model the deep peace and the deep unity that doesn't require surface tranquility or surface uniformity. And I think that's really important. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that. That's that's encouraging to me, man. Marion, it has been an unbelievable pleasure to get to spend this time with you. Um, it really has. Yeah, man. It's, it's so good. To, it's so good to talk to you. And I also know that so much of what you have shared is really going to deeply resonate with the people who listen and the people who are going to listen and, and will be part of this conversation and get to share in it. But I'm, I'm grateful to have been part of it in this way. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. I'll be back next time with another guest who'll be facing the same four choices and answering the same four questions as they share their wisdom learned along the way on the All Terrain podcast.